Hi everybody, you are listening to Learn and Excel, the one and only podcast specializing in how to improve education for the better. In this podcast, you will learn how to promote fairer educational practices to ensure that all students accomplish their goals. But before anything else, let me introduce myself. My name is Nieves Gallego and I am a specialist in multicultural education. My goal has always been wanting to become a teacher in order to promote an actual better change in our society. I believe in high expectations for every student. All students are unique in their own ways and education should foster this uniqueness. As teachers have a lot to learn from them and we should tailor our educational practices to their needs. So, I guess you might be asking, what is the goal of this podcast? Well, the key goal is not only to address the main issues persisting in education, especially the inequities students suffer, but also to suggest solutions that would actually contribute to promoting a better system. I believe that teachers and other professionals in education can always improve their practices to make them more inclusive. So, I hope that the ideas introduced in this podcast will be taken into account by current specialists in education. Now, this first episode will focus on the topic of exceptional learners. My interest in this group of students grew after exploring O'Brien's article, Being Bent Over Backwards, in which she described her personal experience regarding this topic. And it was really interesting. The person I will interview is my mom, who is informed about this group of students. My mom is a philosophy teacher in a public bilingual high school in Spain, where half of the instruction is taught in English and the other half in Spanish. It is important to clarify that high schools in Spain are a little bit different from US high schools, since in Spain, High schools include students aged from 12 to 17 years old. However, the experiences adolescents live at Spanish high schools are very similar to the US ones. Apart from bilingualism, my mom knows a lot about learning disabilities in school and how to address the needs of exceptional learners. So, even though we are more than 5,000 miles away, in just a few seconds, you will be listening to her right from Spain. That's lucky, huh? By the way, my mother's first name is also Nieves, just to avoid any confusion, just in case. So, mom, ¿cómo estás? How's it going? Hi there, love. Everything's fine. I'm happy to be talking to you. Now, this is funny because we FaceTime literally 30 minutes ago to talk about each other's day, <laughs> coping with distance, huh? <laughs> I miss you a lot. Oh, I miss you as well, but I'm really glad to have the chance to talk to you about education and helping students with learning disabilities. Me too. I really hope that my ideas will help future research. I'm sure they will, ma'am. But first, let's talk a bit about you. I want my audience to know what an incredible educator you are. Ah, stop! You're making me blush. 
No, but seriously, what made you want to become a teacher? Oh dear, that is a very deep question, which has many answers indeed. I guess my interest in teaching grew when I was studying philosophy at college. I have always been passionate about this subject, and while preparing for my exams, I would imagine myself teaching my own lessons. I believe philosophy is essential for fostering the student's sense of wonder. What is fair, what is true, what is our purpose in life, you know. Introducing these questions motivates the development of critical thinking skills, which are very needed in our society. Wow, ma'am, that is absolutely beautiful. And I guess you chose to specialize in high school as it is easier to reflect on abstract notions in these states, right? Pardon me, because of that, yes. Apart from that, it is true that I have always believed in promoting equal opportunities for the students to succeed. By specializing in high school teaching, I wish to support students who might be willing to quit schooling. Wow, that is amazing. I have never thought of that. Thank you for telling me this because even though you have always been a role model for me, I never asked you these questions before. You are more than welcome, love. I'm glad you decided to specialize in younger children. I have been learning a lot from you as well, and that is wonderful. Oh, thanks. Now, I have another key question for you. What triggered your interest in helping students with special needs? Well, I work in a public high school where diversity is a reality. I believe that teachers have to embrace this diversity. I also believe that there is a misunderstanding about the concept of sessional learners that is affecting our education. The concept of students with special needs includes all students that need specialized attention from teachers, either because of an impairment, social or cognitive disorder or with disabilities. Unfortunately, some schools use this term with a negative connotation as if the students have the problem when it is the teacher's responsibility to foster engaging educational experience to help them. Students with special needs are often stigmatized in the classroom rather than integrated, and this is wrong. I believe it's our duty to ensure that all students feel valued in the classroom. Wow, I absolutely agree with everything you have said. Indeed. Some teachers do not support diversity, and this is a problem. Why do you think this occurs? Well, I guess that the problem that causes this stigmatization is that teachers do not directly support sessional learners. Sadly, many times these students have to put up with negative remarks and offensive comments from their classmates. Students with motor disabilities or other impairments if the students and learners with other cognitive and social disorders may be loved at, and this is something that cannot be tolerated. Unfortunately, sometimes teachers ignore this kind of comments, and this silence only worsens the issue. Hmm. Teachers need to take corresponding actions against these comments, and they need to introduce activities that foster the students' empathy. Yes. Yes, that's true. Like, I will never understand how some teachers don't do anything against these comments. Well, 
Moreover, another problem that explains why students with special needs are stigmatized is the fact that many people insist that these students learn best when they are placed in different classrooms. Although some educators might think that doing this can help teachers provide more attention to these students, I strongly disagree with this. In the end, this type of practice is a form of negative tracking in disguise. In segregated classrooms, students with special needs are more likely to fall behind their peers and they are prevented from develop, developing meaningful bonds with them. I believe that classrooms should try to include all the students and place the students in different classrooms, only in several cases and for the least amount of time possible. Yes, yes, you are very right. Indeed, many schools encourage this type of, this type of tracking by segregating the classrooms or even by sending children to other educational centers when teachers give up on them. And that is unfair. That That's not fair. This only increases more inequality. So how can teachers help students with special needs and make them feel included? I'm glad you asked this question. There are many strategies that can be implemented to include all sessional learners. For students with motor disabilities or impairments, the facilities in the school need to be adapted to them. For instance, for a student who is on a wheelchair, there should be lifts or ramps. In addition, the school team should rely on the help of different experts, such as nurses or other specialists, to make sure that this student receives individualized attention. In addition, the classroom needs to provide adequate resources to these students when needed. Oh, I see. And in your high school, is there an example of this? Yeah, in my high school, there was a case of a student who had a visual impairment. The student was placed in the front row in every class, and she was given an adjustable lectern to place the books as close as possible. Wow, those are great initiatives. Yes, schools should definitely be provided with the adequate human and material resources to address the students' needs. And what about the students with other learning disabilities or social disorders? Well, for the students with learning disorders, such as attention deficit disorder, what we can do is to teach them positive study habits that can help them become organized. Apart from that, teachers should introduce more engaging activities that escape from road memorization, activities that foster particip participation and cooperation among classmates, such as debates or projects where each student is given a specific role. Restricted interest, language difficulties and problems with emotions. There are many strategies that can be used for helping these students in class. For instance, students with Asperger's syndrome struggle when they have to engage in activities that do not follow clear instructions. Teachers can help these students by providing them pictograms depicting clear timetables. This can also be incorporated with younger children 
in elementary schools. Yeah, that is very interesting. Yes, visual aids can be very useful for helping the students. This reminds me of an article I read about how mood boards can help students within the autistic spectrum express their emotions and understand when they are behaving well or not. Yes, and while it is true that it's something difficult to incorporate in high school, this is something you could, you could apply in an elementary classroom. Absolutely. Now, I have one last question. What else can teachers do to integrate students who have difficulties with social skills in recess? Although this is something difficult, to integrate these students, my high school has what we call participate recess. This involves incorporating activities during recess in which students can participate, such as creative workshops, collaborative study sessions, games. This helps the students find opportunities to be integrated in a group. In addition, our high school has another initiative related to peer tutoring that also helps these students. This involves selecting a few students that act as support figures for the students who might be struggling at class. This is very effective, since the students may be more willing to peer from a similar age group, and this can foster friendships. Wow, those are amazing initiatives. I really like the peer tutoring idea. I would really like to introduce them in the future. You do amazing. I hope this interview helped you in your research. Indeed, it helped. I believe that our educational system has a lot to learn from you. I'm very grateful for having the opportunity to talk to you about these issues, even if we are thousands of miles away. It is always a pleasure to talk to you, Nieves. Say, Mom, now I guess it is getting quite late there, right? Kind of. It's almost 10 p.m. Wow, oh goodness. I always keep forgetting about the time difference. Here it is one in the afternoon. It is insane. Anyway, Mom, this was an amazing interview. I'll talk to you soon. Of course, dear. We'll talk soon. So, that was all for today. I hope this episode was useful for professionals who want to help students with special needs. I did learn a lot from carrying out this interview. Now, in the next episode, we will learn about how to help English language learners. Stay tuned and see you soon. Thank you.